1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I am Justin Carlucci. It's playoff basketball, and I have Chris Prince here with me. What's up, beer?
2: How much, buddy? We're uh, we're cruising towards the second round. It's kind of a weird time. We'll have some first-round series match uh, finishing up. Uh, Second-round series will all be underway. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in the world as well. Uh, we'll try to leave that aside, but that could affect some of these games, so... Uh, Just just an interesting time here. So, three games for us to focus on here. We already had some major news drop yesterday. Hopefully, that's the last big bomb that we're going to
1: get here. You never know. As of now, we know Damian Lillard is out. He's been thinged up the last couple of games, but on, what was it, Monday in the blowout loss to the Lakers, he got hurt, didn't come back. That was also a game where AD had back spasms, but the game was out of control. And I think you and I are in agree- agreeance here that he probably could have finished that game. It was more of just a precautionary thing. But that's the major news. And we have three games, which is better than two games. So we'll take what we can get at this point. But I guess let's start chronologically here. Because the Bucks and the Magic play at four. God forbid they ever give Giannis a primetime game that he deserves. I know they're playing the <laughs> Magic. but. Giannis is, in my opinion, the league's MVP and he deserves better. Just like the Raptors deserve better. I get it. Maybe not the most thrilling of games. I get it. But four o'clock Milwaukee and Orlando. And I'm sure these Bucks fans, like many of your friends and whoever, whoever in the Midwest are probably sick of like taking off work half days to watch Milwaukee play.
2: At least it's a little bit later in the day, you know, that one o'clock games can be tough for a lot of people, but you know, you can always, you can always tune in and find a way to get it done. But yeah, I mean, I think that the blockbuster series for Giannis are, are coming. I, I'm really interested if they do move on here, uh, this matchup with Miami, and I, I'm really excited to break that series down eventually. But let's focus here on, on Orlando. The, this series is not done. Orlando's already shown that they can punch Milwaukee in the mouth. They did it in game one. The Bucks have responded you know, and come back with three straight convincing wins here. So Milwaukee side, I mean, it, re- it really starts and ends with Giannis. I mean, there's not much more there. I mean, I, I like Middleton. Uh, when he's priced appropriately. So DraftKings, he's been priced up, which makes him lower on there. Vandal, he stood out as a value, but been productive. You know, and hasn't really shot the ball well. That's what I like with Middleton. You know, the fantasy points have been right near 40 and seven of 19 and seven of 17 uh, in the last two games. So if he starts shooting a little bit better, I think there's more of a ceiling we could get there. So Giannis is the easy one. Giannis is going to give you 60. It's a question of, does this game stay close? And then we get into that 75, 80-burger territory, or did he just blow this team out again and his minutes stay right around 30? So beyond that, really tough to trust anybody. We, we've seen a big game out of Bledsoe. We've seen a big game out of Pat Connaughton. But the problem is they're playing so many guys. Nine guys played 18 or more minutes uh, in that last game. So you're just really throwing darts here. And a three-gamer, you got to do that. You got you to throw some darts here. But I'd rather throw darts at, at some other teams on this slate some other value here than some of these fringe bucks, bucks guys, uh, Brooke Lopez, I me, mean, cash games. He's, he's viable there. He kind of gets you there, but we haven't seen the upside there. So maybe he's got some upside. So to wrap it up, Giannis, of course, if you can fit him, there's another stud. I like a little bit better. We'll get to uh, Middleton. I, I think there is still some room for some upside there. The rest of these bucks don't have a ton of interest in.
1: I agree. Yeah. Giannis just does this walking in his sleep now and, I, listen, I'm a huge Luca fan. He had a game-winning shot, and everybody's like, wow, Luka. Boy, he yeah, like 41-13-8. Oh, Giannis drops 31-15-8. Nobody talks about it, right? I know you're in the Midwest. I'm preaching to the choir here. Oh, yeah. Y- Giannis is the real deal, and he's blowout-proof at this point because if they're blowing him out, it's probably because Giannis is doing so, and his point-per-minute ratios are just incredible. I can't remember the exact numbers. I said it on, on, I think, two pods previously that – He's only played like a dozen games over thirty-five minutes this year, which really puts into perspective the damage he can do in thirty minutes. Maybe he's right. so efficient while he does it too. What did he shoot like seven sixty five or seventy percent from the floor last game. Yeah, he's twelve for
2: fourteen or something ridiculous. I mean, he he just gets whatever he wants. Uh, especially once he gets in the lane,
1: it's lights out. We've never seen a player in the league like this. I mean, you can make a lot of comparisons with who's Luka like, you know, or who does who does. Duncan Robbins reminded of as a shooter. Like, you can pretty much make a player comparison for 95% of the people in the league. I don't think we've ever seen a Giannis combination of physical skills, basketball IQ. Uh, and now he's got this jumper that took a couple years to develop. And boy, I wish Ben Simmons would take some notes as a Philly fan. But <laughs> that, that was the game changer, Chris, was it not? The jumper, Giannis jumper just opened everything up.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, and he's going to continue to refine that. I mean, this is a guy that, that puts in more time than anybody, and, that, and that's what's helped get, get him to this level is he puts in the time. He understands, I have to be able to shoot the ball, and it's been ugly at times, believe me. I mean, when you're out there near the MVP of the league and you're airballing free throws, I mean, we just can't have that. So he's going to continue to work on this jumper. Once that is an even better and a bigger staple of his game, I don't know how you stop this guy because he can get to the lane At any time, the teams that have done well defensively against him, they just kind of crowd things up, take away the paint from him. If he's able to hit those step back threes, that jumper, that mid range jumper, uh, we're talking about a guy that could average 40 points a game. And I I don't think that's uh, reaching here. I still think there's potential for him to get even better, even throughout the course of these playoffs. We've kind of seen
1: that jumper come alive a little bit. Chris Middleton, I think, he started one for seven from the floor at halftime. But you know what they say, shooters keep shooting. Oh, yeah. He looked, like I said before, it looks like he got by from Space Jam. <laughs> he was so lost. Not only could he shoot, he was, like, holding on to the ball too long. He just looked uncomfortable. And I'm thinking – there's no way this guy gets it together before this game's over, let alone maybe the series. Comes down the fourth quarter, he couldn't miss. He was on fire. Ends up shooting the ball 19 times. So I'm hoping maybe this gets Middleton going. He's able to contribute in other ways. He had 10 boards. So it looks like you know, he's that kind of player that if he can't score, he's going to do whatever he can to help the team win. I will tell you this, though. He is lucky Tobias Harris played this week, too, because these are two max contract guys who are playing really poorly. And if Tobias Harris wasn't in the playoffs, everybody would probably be talking about how bad Middleton has been, how much they paid him, and how that strapping the bucks with bringing in, you know, another uh, lethal NBA star to Milwaukee. But you know probably better than I do, they really can't bring in a high-profile guy. They have some money tied up with Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez as well, and obviously they broke the bank to pay Middleton. Is that right, Chris?
2: Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty much strapped. I'm, I'm not a huge salary cap guy, but uh, Middleton feels more like a, he'd be a good third guy on, on a pretty good team. You know, more than, you know, the Robin to, to Giannis' Batman. If he was the third option, uh, I think that's his staple. And he's been good. He could score, no doubt. You know, there's people out there saying, you're crazy, this guy's good. He puts in 20 a game, and he is good. But on a championship caliber team, this is a third guy, in my opinion. So they're going to need a Bledsoe, a somebody else to, to really step up and fill the void here and provide more scoring, more offense. I thought we'd get more out of Dante DiVincenzo. He's pretty much been a zero here, barely playing any minutes. Uh, the rest of these guys, all role players, George Hills, uh, you know the Conantons we spoke about. I, I just Somebody has to step up here. Not a risk I want to take on the slate. I just don't see it. The game Conanton had, the guy pulled down 11 rebounds. I mean, it it was an outlier type game. So uh, unless they get somebody else scoring the ball and really becoming that third guy, they may run into some roadblocks and that may start with Miami. I I don't think they're going to have much of an issue putting Orlando to bed here, but uh, these series are going to get tougher. And then you have a Toronto or a Boston looming. And then if you get past that, you have one of the monsters out west. So they're going to have to get something figured out here pretty quickly.
1: And I didn't mean to make this a bash Chris Middleton podcast because the guy's a great pro. <laughs> he's a solid like third, like you said, and he's a solid two on most teams in the league. In the same breath, he's kind of the same player as Tobias Harris in different ways. You know, Tobias Harris can't be that number two guy, and it showed. He could okay. not be that number two guy. Wasn't even remotely close in this series. And with Ben Simmons out, he had that opportunity to prove it. And with Al Horford being just a terrible fit, and it just didn't happen. Giannis is that good that, I mean, if you take Chris Middleton out of the equation, the Bucks are probably, if you take Chris Middleton off that team, he's, the Bucs are probably still a top three seed in the East. I mean, he's that good. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with what we saw with Giannis. And like you said, Bledsoe just, he hasn't even played the minutes. It's been like two years since we've seen him play over 30 consistently. The guy looks good. There has to be something else there. I know George Hill is a quality veteran. And DiVincenzo is a very talented young player. Connaughton, athletic. But, you know, Bledsoe out of the three, four guys I just named is head and shoulders, the gifted leader of, of that group right there. So I, I don't know. Until we see more minutes from Bledsoe, it's, it's going to be maddening to to roster these guys confidently, you know, because you don't really know what you're getting. And when you're playing a team like Orlando, the spread's 14. It could be over in three quarters. And the only guy that can usually get there nine out of ten times would be honest. So they piggyback on that and then jump over to Orlando for me, Beer. Yeah, I think there's some decent value here. We can knock Vooch out. Vooch is easy.
2: Vooch has been balling out. He's been a problem for this team, and and we kind of knew that going into the series. Brooke Lopez is not a guy that's going to bang down low with a guy like Vooch. He wants to hang out on the perimeter, launches threes, and and Vooch is eating this team alive. So really like him once again. We got a lot of studs on this slate, but he's going to be one of the primary guys that I go back to and lock into a lot of my lineups here. But the value is really what stands out here. You know, guys like Gary Clark, who's been playing big minutes, uh, DJ Augustine, I have some interest in as well. I mean, Markel Foltz coming off that big game. I think a lot of people are going to run right back to that well. But Augustine's been pretty good in this series as well. A couple games over 30 fantasy points. So that's going to be an ownership play for me. Augustine over Foltz. I'm not expecting Aaron Gordon back in this game. The, the guy can't even sprint up and down the court. So listed as questionable right now. But, uh, I don't see any way that he gets out there. So Clark is a you know not a sexy name, not a high usage guy, but a guy playing a lot of minutes, still very cheap across the industry that I like. Then you get into you know Ennis and and Ross and and Fournier and some of these other middling guys. So out of that group, I actually prefer Ennis, uh, who's the cheapest amongst them. Ross is really scoring dependent. We saw some other stats from him finally in that last game, but generally he's going to score twenty real life points. He's going to give you about. 22 DraftKings points top. So, you know, on a three-game slate, you can't be ultra-selective. But Ross, generally a guy I don't like. And then Fournier, coming off that big game, expecting the ownership to be higher here. So a lot of options here on Orlando. But to me, I'm going to nail it down to Vooch for sure. Augustine is kind of the pivot to Markel Foltz, who I think a lot of people go to. And I'm going to go right back to Gary
1: Clark. He's cheap, playing too many minutes for that price tag. Yeah, Vuce's usage is up like 8 or 9% from the regular season. So they're really leaning on him, rightfully so. Fultz really filled it up. But I tell you what, Fultz has really improved his game. I don't know what Philly did to him, and I'm really sad about it. But at the same, at the same flip of the coin, he you can tell he's still young out there. He still does a lot of dumb stuff, and a lot of it does not look pretty. And there's oftentimes he gets stuck dribbling around that elbow in circles. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Uh, but he can he's a hustle guy. He'll fill up the stat sheet a little bit. But these are seven-game series, and you're going to see the clunkers. Vuce kind of had a clunker for his price tag before this monster game he had again. And, I, I mean, he was only 28% owned, and he was head and shoulders the best play in the slate at center on FanDuel a couple slates ago. And it's just going to happen. When you play the same team, like, they adjust. They do different things. But I don't mind going back to Augustine either for a GPP move. You're going to get some leverage there with the Fultz ownership. What's the floor? I don't know. It's pretty scary with a guy like DJ Augustine. Last pod, I said, you know what? Gary Clark, you're going to have to live and die by the three if you play him. And I was just telling you, I brought up his game log. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen this, Pierre? Gary Clark's game log? I I mean, I've been looking at him. I I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but hit me up. Talking about he has taken 29 shots this series. They've all been three pointers. Every <laughs> single one. And every, he doesn't, the only other points he had are three ball shots. Are we talking like some historical NBA stat here that, that no one's talking about? Every shot's been a three. He hasn't taken one shot inside the arc. What is that? Who, who
2: needs a two? I mean, a, I a three is,
1: is much better. What, what's the problem here? I don't know. I've just never seen it before. <laughs> 29 so shots awesome. in four games. That is so cool. <laughs> Oh, man, let it fly, Gary Clark. So, obviously, you know what you're getting with Gary Clark. He's hitting his threes. He's got a chance to hit value. If he doesn't, they're probably screwed. Aaron Gordon, you know, we saw some reports that, like, uh, was it Steve Clifford down there said that he couldn't even run, and they've been, like, floating this questionable tag all series with right. Gordon. Well, a little bit, of, <laughs> little bit of gamesmanship there. So, we are not worrying about Aaron Gordon. So, no. Gary Clark, if he's priced below 45 on FanDuel or whatever, like, 4K on DraftKings, like, you know what you're getting. He's going to take his threes, and if he makes them, you're going to be fine. So if he's he's not, you're not going to be fine. I don't know what to tell you. But both of these teams, other than the best players, are very volatile kind of GPP pieces. Evan Fournier finally played all right. He didn't shoot well, but he had eight rebounds, which is kind of a lot for him. But at least the guy's shooting over there. If the Magic want to keep this game remotely closed, Fournier's got to contribute.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I would rather take shots on these Orlando guys because Milwaukee, the usage is Giannis, Middleton, then whatever's left for everybody else where Orlando yeah Vooch has taken up some ownership but it can be spread out to the Clarks the 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 Fourniers, the Anices of the world so I just think there's more opportunity for these guys to outdo their salary on the Orlando side than there are on the Milwaukee side a lot of a lot of mid-range and value darts to choose from here I would choose more on the Orlando side than I would with the
1: Bucks. I will say this Gary Clark is rebounding though he only had One game and one rebound in game four, but he had six, seven and eight in the other three. So, you know, there's your GPP, you know, probably the cheapest value guy in that starting lineup on Orlando. And yeah, I mean, good luck figuring this thing out. A lot has to happen for Orlando to stay in the game, Um, but it could. We've seen some crazy stuff happen the last three weeks. Let's move on here. Rockets Thunder has been an interesting series. It's been fun. We saw Houston, speaking of living and dying by the three. Oh, the Houston, yeah. <laughs> the Houston Rockets. We saw them blow a lead here against OKC, who's clawed back. And here we are, 2 to 2, moving into game five. What are your thoughts from the last couple of games? SGA fi- finally finding his groove a little bit here for OKC? This series
2: has been awesome. I mean, that's kind of what we thought it would be. I, and maybe people thought Houston would just walk away with this. But, you know, without Russell Westbrook, uh, you got to give it to Houston as well for, for their performance. But,. I love this series. It's been fun watching it. It's been fun playing it in DFS as well. So let's start on, on the Houston side of things. And the easy headline is they're only playing six guys. You know, we're, we're talking about Orlando, Milwaukee playing 9, 10 guys. Houston's playing six. You know, a couple guys get a few a few minutes here and there. But there's really six guys that you've got to narrow it down to. We know it starts with Harden. And I, I'm fine going right back to the well on Harden. To me, there's nobody on the slate. With a higher ceiling than Harden. You can make the case for Giannis. We're going to get to that LA Portland game. I just don't see LeBron and Anthony Davis having to play 40 minutes in this game, although I do have a bold call on that game. But as for the studs, I just think Harden gives you the highest ceiling of these guys. Gordon, House taking a ton of shots. So somewhat scoring dependent, more so there at Gordon than House, who can kind of contribute in the rebounding department. They're interesting. Still waiting on the Robert Covington game. I'm a Rocco guy, and it's been everybody but Covington. So, I think you're going to get low ownership there. Uh, Tucker had the big game last time out. I'm not buying into that. I know Chief made some good points about P.J. Tucker on one of the shows, and uh, it came to fruition. But I think Robert Covington, it's only a matter of time before he gets it going. And Jeff Green, down game last game. But this guy's been playing hella basketball. I mean, so I really like the bounce back spot here Mm -hmm. for him as well. So. I mean, you can, you can really mix and match three, four Rockets in almost every lineup with the fact they're going to play 35, 40 minutes. We know the game is going to be close. You always have that potential for for overtime and uh, just a lot of usage locked in beyond Harden. There's still a lot to go around here for this Houston team. So I like Covington. I like Green. I like Gordon House. I like Harden. I like all
1: the Rockets. They will be a heavy part of my builds here on Wednesday. And there's the Harden peripheral game. His role guys finally hit some shots, and he has 15 dimes. I mean, that's what it comes down to. If Harden's going to smash, two or three of these guys have to have to be on and hit their shots. Roko's minutes were back up. He played 34, which is definitely a lot more than he played, the, I think, the prior two games. And he shot 11 times, which is a good sign. Because I think he had, like, 12 or 13 total attempts through the first three games. So he's shooting the ball more. i will gladly go back to the well with Jeff Green. I mean, he had 10, 5, and 3 which isn't horrible, but he played 31 minutes. You expect maybe a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, P.J. Tucker grabbed a lot of rebounds. 11 boards is a lot for P.J. Tucker. For a yeah. guy that's standing in the corner every possession on the offensive side of the offensive side of the ball, not in the paint at all, That that's a lot for P.J. Tucker. So I'm probably pumping the brakes on P.J. Tucker. But, I mean, he's a guy, if he's in the right spot in the catch and shoot, you know, he, he could crush. But I'm going to pump the brakes a little on Tucker. He's probably my least favorite. Rocket out of all the ones Green. that we named, and I'm not saying it's a bad play, I can see it, but yeah, how about Daniel House? He was what 4,800 a couple games ago, um, had one bad game in this series, looks like he's finally healthy, played 38 minutes. He's another guy who could play kind of the two, three, and the four. And the Rockets switch on everything, so that's why a guy like Jeff Green is seeing 31 minutes, and, and we're seeing it. You know, you'd rather have a guy like Jeff Green who could switch on pretty much anything than have to worry about an, an Austin Rivers out there because I mean, look at Houston, obviously, they play small. But everybody is, like, 6'4 or, or, or taller. You don't, you don't have that, like, DJ Augustine, six-foot flat point guard. That's kind of a mismatch when you get in there. So, although they play small, they have guys that can switch. And, let's face it. They're not built defensively to win games. You know, they're going to try to score the most points and, and out shoot you. That's exactly what it is here, which makes some good targets for fantasy, like you said. Yeah,
2: and I'm with you on Tucker. I, I just – it's not a guy I generally play, especially in Fando, when you got to lock him into a center spot where where I can go with Vooch or uh, a Nurkic in the last game. And uh, it's really tough to pull the trigger there. DraftKings, got a little bit more flexibility. Maybe you can make a case for him. But I just think we've seen the best game we're going to get out of P.J. Tucker. It's going to drive ownership towards him. I kind of want to go away from that. Covington will be the lower-owned option. I prefer House to Gordon. I, I just think House can provide more – Outside of scoring than what Eric and Gordon can give you, and then of course Harden, a lock and load play. No Westbrook. Uh, this guy, the, the sky's the limit here. So nail it, narrowing it down because you, you can't fit all these Rockets as much as I would love to play them. I'm going to say House, uh, Green, Harden, Covington
1: are the four guys I want. Just go play some showdown beer and just play all the Rockets. There we go. You know, there you go. Throw them in. Throw them in. You know the flip side of the ball. You know we had SGA finally picking it up the last couple of games. He had 12 rebounds last game. That's Speaking of an outlier stat, there's one of them. But he looked better, shooting a lot. Dennis Schroeder dropping a 30 bomb, a guy who never gets peripherals, and that's exactly what you got out of him. But, boy, did he look good with the ball in his hands. got Lou Dort getting 35 minutes. He's been playing some decent defense on Harden, and nobody can stop James Harden. Um, but he's still going to score 30, and if his role guys are hitting shots like we saw, the assists will be there. So, you know, Harden has the highest floor and highest ceiling on the slate, for sure. One thing out, know, I think is interesting, I've been talking a lot about this chess match game against what teams are going to do against P.J. Tucker and Jeff Green. And Steven Adams only took five shots in 26 minutes. If you're going to roll the guy out there, You know, and and Adam's game has really evolved since he came into the league. He's more of, he was just brute when he came into the league, just, you know, a guy who wants to body people and clean up around the glass. But he's got a little finesse game now, things like that. I I don't know why they're not going to go to him more. You know, he has like eight inches on P.J. Tucker. So I I just, you know, maybe that's something that won't change. And Billy Donovan is a great coach, so I'm not going to second guess him. But I wouldn't be shocked if one of these games if Adam shoots the ball like 12 or 13 times and makes like 10 of them if they decide, listen, we're just going to pound it inside because it's there. We've seen like Nurkic destroy them. We've seen Porzingis destroy. Of course, Porzingis is kind of a freak and he can shoot the three and put the ball on the floor. But, I mean, he kind of did what he wanted inside against to Tucker too. And you know, uh, Adam's got that little baby hook paint game going on. So, I don't know. Steven Adams for me is still in play. Not so much Gallinari if he's above 6K on FanDuel. He's tough to figure out, especially if we said, okay, so he's going to roll out these three guards. They've had success the last two games playing Schroeder, Paul, and SGA, uh, more on the on the, on the the floor together. And, of course, you got to play Lou Dort because he's been the best defender on Harden. So is there a way to kind of narrow this thing down on the Thunder side of the ball, or do you have interest in multiple players? I like
2: a lot of options on this side as well. I mean, you talk about a stackable game. We, we could just X out the other two games and focus our energy right here. So uh, the three guards are easy. I, I think they're all back in play. Chris Paul, price is creeping up. You know, maybe he's the one you leave out because I don't know if there's a massive ceiling on Chris Paul with, with these prices, the way they're going here. So uh, Schroeder, SGA have really become a big part of this rotation here, starting and produce every single game. Uh, in this series. So I'm almost to the point I I prefer those guys. Now point guard is going to be kind of ugly. We lose Damian Lillard out of the player pool. I think it's going to drive even more people towards Chris Paul. So kind of an ownership thing, you know, maybe we can get a little different and go cheap there with some of the options that we have to be a little bit different. So something to keep an eye on is the ownership for Chris Paul, but love SGA, love Schroeder. Dort going to play a lot of minutes. He's a great way to kind of eat up some salary of a Harden or a Giannis or not a huge usage guy, not a huge ceiling guy. But, you know, if I can get 35, 40 minutes out of a guy at near minimum price, he's got to be a part of your build. And I'm going to disagree on, on, on Gallinari down game last game, but I still think there's room for this guy. And I I think the ownership will go away. The prices are what they are. I still think there is some upside in Gallinari who's played very well against this team uh, this season. So really like to go back to these guys, that disappointed in the last game. You know, I, I think there's an edge just in doing that uh, and looking at some of the ownerships here. And I think Gallinari going to be lower on Adams. It's, it's kind of meh. I mean, he's just not doing a whole lot. I mean, I, yeah, I could see that kind of game happening. I'm not discounting what you're saying. I agree completely, but we haven't seen it in, in four games. I know. Why would they go that route now? Just, and with these guards dominating the ball, Gallo having to have the ball in his hands, there's just not a lot left for Steven Adams. I, I thought a Nerlens Noel would be a pretty good fit for this series. We yeah. haven't seen a lot of him either. So uh, it's really going to be guard dominated. I do think Gallo bounces back.
1: Uh, and Dort, a great value just with the minutes he's playing. It's almost at the point where – and Gallo for me is a price and sight thing. If he's like 65 again and I'm on FanDuel and Giannis is on the slate and LeBron and, and Melo with a usage bump, we'll talk about that soon, I, I don't know where he fits for me. You know, if you have more options on DK – you know, we know, we know the guy can score for sure. He's got upside. It's almost to the point where, okay, if P.J. Tucker is going to take Adams out of the paint defensively anyway, might as well throw Gallo at the five and just go toe-to-toe here. Why not, right? If it's going to be a, out with Gallo. Just yeah. If we're we're going to have a pissing match here and just try to score the most points. You might as well get your shooter out there. So, I, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. <laughs> it's been a great series, and, you know, we're going to see some more twists along the way. Like a good point on Lou Dort, and they're going to try to make Lou Dort beat them. He shot nine threes last game because he was open, let's face it, for probably half of the attempts. So there's some upside there. You know, the guy could accidentally catch 10 rebounds. You know, we've seen SGA grab 12. If the ball falls to him, if Dort has 10 rebounds, he's going to crush, and everybody who didn't play him is in trouble. I'm just not saying it's going to happen, but 40 minutes in a game where you're in price. You know, if he stays out of foul trouble, you're right, Chris. I'm with you on Lou Dort. He's scary, but he's viable value and he'll carry some ownership for sure. Yeah. I
2: mean, 40 minutes, anytime I can get that, you yeah. know, sign me at now. We, we, we discounted PJ Tucker. I did a little bit. He gives you the 40 <laughs> minutes. I, I, Lou Dort is interesting. There's a lot of guards on this slate, so maybe tough to fit in, but again, maybe one of those, I want to fit Giannis and Harden into a lineup. But then you get some Lou Dort in there to kind of eat up way at some of that salary. So just, just don't X him out of the player pool. Obviously, those three guards are, are a higher priority. But when we start looking at pricing and things like that, I do think there's a ton of upside. I mean, a guy at minimum price can give you a 7, 8, nine x
1: upside. You got to keep that in your player pool. And FanDuel, there's so many ways to score when you're a scrappy defender. Like, they yep. get two steals and a block here. You know, you're almost three times value right there without doing anything else. So, Blue right. Door, don't X them out. Keep them into consideration. Anything else here? Do you want to move on to the Wednesday night matinee?
2: No, I think we hit on everything here. It's, a, it's, you know, a lot of guys on Houston. You got a lot of options, a lot of ways you can go. And then uh, same thing on the OKC side, a lot of different ways. So this is going to be one of those pay attention to ownership, specifically on Chris Paul to see where he lands. I think there's a lot of ways you can be different. Even in stacking this game, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. So just getting creative uh, and using some of the lower-owned guys here, I think will provide an edge for you on the slate.
1: And we have two games with double-digit spreads. Vegas is favoring the Bucks by 14 right now. Uh, the Rockets are three-and-a-half-point favorites as, as we're speaking. And moving on to the primetime night game, of course, the Lakers are on television. 13-and-a-half-point favorites against Portland. Damian Lillard out in case you haven't been with us since the beginning of this program for some reason if you just fast forward, which, hey, to each their own. But let me remind you one thing here. The season's winding down, beer, but there's plenty of ways and plenty of games to play on DraftKings. Hop on over there. Download your app, DraftKings. The app promo code: grind G R I N D. That's promo code: grind G R I N D. Maybe I'll ask you about a little bit of fantasy football after we get through this Portland game, since we'll have a little bit of time. But anyway, no Damian Lillard. I don't know. Do you got any hot takes for this one, or is it kind of is it cut and dry here?
2: I mean it. it, it that's a lot of usage. We, we take Damian Lillard out of that lineup and uh, we, we lose a lot, but I'm going to lead off with the hot take. I, I think this is where you're going here. And I think the Lakers are going to put things in cruise control, knowing Damian Lillard is not going to play. And I think Portland shocks him here and gets the win. So crazier things have happened. I, I know it's out there. That's my feeling on how this game is going to go. So a lot of people, may back off of LeBron and may back off of Anthony Davis, like saying there's no way that Portland can keep this game close. I'm not going to pay that salary on these guys. This is another situation. I want to watch the ownership. We have Giannis, we have Harden, we have the two Lakers studs. Where is all that ownership going to go? And if these two guys are going to be lower owned, I'm perfectly fine. Loading them into a lineup, running it back with a CJ McCollum, a Carmelo Anthony, who I love on this slate. They're going to need his offense this dude's taken 35 shots in the last two games, and that's with Damian Lillard in the lineup. Now take him onto the lineup. Carmelo's going to be free to jack up all kinds of shots. We know he can get you some boards and, and some other stats. So uh, at price per dollar, I'd love – he's one of my favorite plays, if not my favorite play on this slate. We saw Nurkic finally come alive, so he's another one I want to watch the ownership on. Uh, it, you know, it's pretty much between him and Vooch at the center spot. Uh, they have played white side together with nerch So another guy that can provide a ton of upside and doesn't need a ton of minutes here, Gary Trent, they Gary may need Trent. more out of him. So uh, this, this game is fascinating. I think a lot of people are going to be worried. There's no way it's going to be close. This is one that I go, I want to attack because I do think Portland has enough in them. They have enough veteran guys like Carmelo where they're going to come out and fight. This is their season on the line. They're not just going to lay down uh, and let the Lakers roll over them. Yes, Dame Lillard is a huge loss, but it's a ton of usage, a ton of shots, and a ton of opportunity for these guys that you're going to want to take advantage of in your lineups.
1: Good points. Yeah, usage got to go somewhere. I was messing around with court IQ before the show, and I wasn't even done taking all the players off that aren't with the team or on the team. And uh, and, and Nurkic isn't really factored into this because he missed almost all the season. But just to show you, Melo is up to like a 28% usage. McCollum's up to 33 which are – a 7% bump for CJ and a 65 for Melo. Of course, Nurkic is, is going to get in that equation a little bit. But you know, Gary Trent was 4K last slate, and they're going to need him to contribute. There's going to be a lot of shots in this backcourt. You know, obviously, more going to McCullum, but been a while since Gary Trent was uh in the GPP winning tournament it's been probably yes, it like has. Two it's been weeks. a
2: long while it's, it's been a struggle for him for sure so again he fits the bill of guys I'm looking for that yeah. have disappointed not only last, he's been disappointing the entire series but talk about a guy that can come in and provide some offense mm-hmm. hit some outside outside shots uh, he certainly fits that bill
1: and the guy I mean poor, I mean listen he's had to deal with LeBron the whole series so I feel like he's just exerting himself defensively and that's a thing too. But you made a good point on maybe they're overlooking maybe the Lakers are overlooking Portland a little. That's a thing, you know, they're stuck in the bubble. Yeah, we're going to go, you know, wash this team without Lillard, but I mean, look, the Magic stole game one against Milwaukee, and since then it's been pretty much hammer time, right? So so this is a thing. You know, they were so good last game that they got to be feeling pretty good and maybe a little laxed. And you make a good point. I mean, if you think Portland's going to hang in there and, you know, if LeBron and AD are, I don't even know, under 11K still on either side, and, even on a mediocre day from one of them, they got 65-point upside, right? And there's nobody on this Portland team that can stop either one of them. There's just nobody. They're missing that Alpha farouk that Mo Harkless, that even Areza. And you can't stop either of these guys, but you can contain them sometimes. There's, there's nobody that makes this difficult. Gary Trent's not making it difficult for, for LeBron. Whiteside or Nurkic cannot stick with the lateral quickness of AD. It's just impossible. So honestly, look what happened last night. I know it was really ugly, but even if Portland made like 15% more of their shots, uh, LeBron and AD were like the two-man show of, of, of the century. They were both cruising for 70 bombs in the same game. And I did say it on the other morning Grant, I'm like, you can play these guys together. Right. And it was, it, was, it was almost a thing, but the game was just out of control. But, you know, Mellow, are we going to get some vintage Mellow? Maybe go toe-to-toe at LeBron here a little bit. It'll probably be 6K or less. I know DK and FD, uh, we're kind of going in this blind, folks. I kind of just let the cat out of the bag. We're recording early. I don't even know the prices, but sometimes it's nice to talk about it and look look at things with like a macro perspective and not let the pricing get inside of your head. But I would imagine Melo will be around 6 k or less. And when we we'll revisit this tomorrow, we'll be able to see how close we are. But I'm with you on Melo. I mean, they're going to need either him or Gary Trent to step up. We know McCollum going to do his thing or, or try to at least. but. Trent or Mello, one of them needs to hit some shots to make this game competitive. And, and my my money's on Mello. He can
2: provide you much more than just the scoring, and that's kind of the issue with Gary Trent. If the three's going, you know, he's in that, that Terrence Ross bucket. Uh, when they're hitting that three, things are well. When they're not, you're know, you you're left wondering why why the hell you rostered this guy in the first place. So uh, Mello can give you a lot outside of that. And I just think he's going to be – him and McCollum are going to dominate the offensive, uh, the offensive usage for that team. So – As far as the Lakers go, it's LeBron, it's AD, and there's not much else. You know, I'm not buying into the – you know, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee had nice games last – of course they did. Anthony Davis played 18 minutes. Uh, McGee is a guy that can put up numbers quickly, but still no interest to me. Kyle Kuzma is too expensive, not even knowing the pricing yet. Uh, This whole series he's been too expensive. We saw him have a decent game, but for the most part he's disappointed. And then do you really want to roll out Danny Greens and – and KCPs and, and, and Caruso's and some of these other guys that I, I just, nope. I don't want to go there. I would rather go with with Lou Dort or some of these Houston guys that are too cheap or DJ Augustine or some of these other names, uh, than try to guess on some of these Lakers guys. So, Again, to to wrap it up, I think this game stays close. I think Portland wins. It keeps LeBron and AD viable, and if people shy away because of the blowout concerns, that's where I'm going to concentrate a ton of my stud ownership. As much as I love Giannis and Harden, and I'm going to mix them in as well, these guys, if they're going to be low-owned, I'm going to be all over it, doubling the field, tripling the field, whatever it may be.
1: Give us some feedback. Subscribe, please. Let us know if you like the show. Let me know who your least favorite player to roster is when they're chalk. Who always lets you down when they're low-priced chalk beer? For me, I'll tell you who it is. I'm talking low price pre-playoff, end of regular season. It was Every time Chris Boucher was like 70% in like January, I, I, he had 5,000 three-and-a-half minutes, right? Now he turned into Superman, and it's all good. So do you, do you have a guy that sticks out who's like, man, when he's chalk, I just never get him right, or I can't do it?
2: My guy's Trey Burke. When I play him, he, he doesn't do anything. When I don't play him, he, he goes nuts out of left field. So, uh, that, that's the guy. We saw him go crazy in that last game without Porzingis. So, uh, yeah, Trey Burke. There, there's some other ones that will come to me, but he really stands out uh, at the top of the list for me.
1: So, let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say it's like, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, and you get the notification, oh, what's this? Wait, let me see, Roto-Grinders. Oh. Anthony Simons will start for the injured Damian Lillard on Wednesday. What what side of the what side of the coin are you on there, Chris? He's he's hurt me
2: more than he's helped me. So uh, we, we got to have a short uh, short memory bank in this game. But uh, uh, Anthony Simons, I, I don't know that he's as good of a player as, as people say he is. I I've watched him, haven't been overly impressed with what I've seen. So uh, I, I'd probably be out on that. It would be heavy heavy ownership. At a tough point guard position, like we talked about, no Damian Lillard. People are going to be searching there. Chris Paul going to be the guy people go to. But even in that scenario, I, I'd rather go with some other guys there. Uh, DJ Augustine got got a good feeling about him. Keep talking about him.
1: Yeah, yeah, bounce back. I mean, he's won for like seven times value in two of the games so far. Everybody's a allowed of clunker, and Fultz is oh, yeah. playing all right. It, it happens. Uh, and when you get to this point of the year, and you have to you have to play certain people. That are typically pretty volatile, you know. In a 60 game log, you're looking at, you're willing to let some clunkers go, but you definitely have some recency bias when it happens one time in four games. So, yeah, I like like the Augustine call. You know, Simon's for me, and you're right, and this is coming from a five foot eight guy who sucks at basketball and is washed up, but I don't think he's very good. I and mean, listen, I could hold it down in some horse and stuff, but like, you know, if I'm playing five on five, I need a ice bath after it already at the park. But. Still, But, you know, he's not a guy – if I'm playing one or two optimal teams, am I going to use Simons? I I don't think so. But if I'm maxing out something, you know, I'm not going to X button him, right? So, like, you want a little bit of exposure. But then you get to the – you know, then you get to a strategy thing. Well, if you're going so late on him, why do you even want him at all kind of thing? But I think, you know, you can have some – this is a total hypothetical. Uh, Maybe he won't start. You'll probably see point CJ McCollum tomorrow. It's a must-win situation. I'm just saying it, it could happen. Nothing really surprises me here. Oh man, we covered a lot of ground. That was a lot for a three gamer, man.
2: Yeah, buddy. I mean, there's a lot to this slate. I I've seen three gamers that were much worse. Uh, I, I ownership's going to be huge though. So we are here to help you. That's, that's the beauty of it. Get over to Roto grinders lineup HQ ownership projections be, being constantly adjusted throughout the day based on the news, based on some of the beat reporters and things like that. So just, just very valuable I, to me. The less games there are, the more important it is to pay attention to ownership. So uh, it's going to be a a valuable tool to keep an eye on tomorrow.
1: A couple more things before I let you get out of here. What's fantasy football season been like for you so far? You've been doing a bunch of drafts. I know you talked about the pros versus Joes. That sounds really cool. Uh, What else you got going on in football land? I can't believe it's almost here a couple weeks. And, you know, with everything going on in the world, you know, the political issues and COVID and everything – um i'm just not as excited as i normally am i know it sounds messed up but um you know i I don't know things are just different and uh you know especially not knowing that you probably won't be able to go to a game this year with the way things are going it's tough but anyway you know uh i gotta scratch the itch i'll probably do 10 drafts by the time i record the next podcast so what you been up to
2: A lot, man. I've definitely been busy. And your sentiment, I I think a lot of people are are in that same boat. You know, I I think the biggest thing was we weren't sure if we'd even have a football season, college football being canceled. Uh, So a lot of people, I think, went into the summer and things where you'd really start getting excited, start prepping for these drafts. And, you know, just thinking, are we even going to be doing, even I had thoughts of, Are wasting our time doing this? But I don't love football that much where it was like, I'm going to draft these teams anyway, Uh, even if this is not going to be a season. It's still fun to draft. It's still, you know, good to get with your buddies and and whatever it may be. So, yeah, the pros versus Joes went down. Uh, I do some drafts every year at the Pro Football Hall of Fame with with a lot of big names in the industry, Brad Evans, uh, Mike Clay, some of these other guys. So we did those online. Last weekend, uh, sucked that we couldn't meet up. always have a good time with those guys, and uh, so we did those. I have uh, home league drafts on Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday coming up, some more nice. online drafts, and, of course, a ton of best ball drafts. So uh, those been rocking out on DraftKings, on Underdog Fantasy, uh, over on FFPC as well. So just a ton going on. also have some, some best ball videos out as well. So uh, look on YouTube. Uh, we're doing a positional best ball draftkings focus YouTube series on each position. Six quarterbacks, six running backs, receivers, tight ends, uh, guys that I'm focused on at every level, at every different ADP. So you want to know who I'm drafting, make sure you get over to YouTube and search for the six-pack. Uh, there'll be four videos eventually. Two are up already. Uh, wide receivers and tight ends still to
1: come. Yeah, get on over there and download Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Same Brilliant Minds that had the draft app that everybody loved, and there are loaded prize pools over there. Underdog Fantasy. Follow them on Twitter. Go over there, download it. A lot of great competition. Best ball, Best ball is the new trend. It's, it's here to stay. I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. You set your lineup and you forget it. You don't have to make one damn waiver move all year. I mean, nothing beats that. Um but yeah, I'm with you. You know, I've been doing all the research. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to provide some content moving forward in the fall one way or another. Uh just haven't done a lot of drafts yet. Got a couple coming up. I tell you what, and I know I'm probably speaking for a lot of people out there. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm always the commissioner out of my group of friends. And it's not because I want to be. It's because I'm I'm 30 years old and I'm still babysitting a lot of my best friends. So <laughs> I, I run a 16-team auction league. And um, I kind of live in the middle of nowhere right now, so there's not a ton of venues. But but man, you know we're at the point where it's like, ah, we don't want 16 dudes in anyone's house. So we kind of like stepped it up the last couple of years. We found a nice little uh, venue to host our draft. But there's been a, a lot of people have rescheduled a lot of things. A lot of things are booked. Some places are just not renting out. So I know I'm probably not the only one that struggled to find some venues. So finally, we, we nailed something. And uh, with just everybody's schedule, we're actually drafting on September 12th, which is after the Thursday night game. So I'm like, well, what are we going to do? Like, how do you, you know, I never really had the problem to deal with like retroactive stats and, you know, the you know, it doesn't matter that if you randomize the head to head matchups, everybody's still going to know what happened on Thursday. It's like, Oh man, I'm playing beer and he took my homes and he went for 50. Like that sucks. So the only thing I could think of, and you know, I'm curious guys, let me know if you have any commissioner issues this year. Is everything going on? I'm, I'm curious to hear how you guys are handling things, but I was like, you know, for week one only, and everybody just has to try to be an adult about it. We're going to do a best ball scoring for, for week one. I'll go in and, and, manually override, you know, put the best lineups in after the, the late, and we're going to have a late night on Monday night football, 10 o'clock game there. But I didn't really know what else to do, Beer, so I'm trying to make things work, and it's just everybody's kind of rolled with the punches in 2020 here.
2: That's what you need. You just need a group of guys that'll, you know, let, let's just make it happen. You don't need that guy trying to trying to harass things, and I don't want to do this, and i quit if it's won. not my way, and i you know, just, you know, I, I've had some of these guys, I'm not putting money into this, and blah, blah, blah. Like, so yep. just roll with the punches if you're out there. Your commissions are working hard. I commission a bunch of leagues. I play in a bunch of leagues where I'm not the commission, uh, just, just be cool. That, that, that's, that's as easy as I can put it. And there are some leagues I draft in uh, when I go out to Vegas uh, that, that draft after that first Thursday night game. So it's always an interesting wrinkle and you see a lot of ADP fluctuation. I remember the year Kareem Hunt went nuts against the Patriots on opening night and I had the first pick in the draft wow. and this is when David Johnson was a locked in one one pick. I literally had to debate, you know, take David Johnson, take Kareem Hunt. I ended up going Johnson. He breaks his finger in Week One against the Lions. <laughs> the rest is history. So oh. it, it adds it adds an interesting dynamic uh, to things. I think so. I, I don't hate the best ball idea. There, there's always ways around it, but you know sometimes it's fun. Get, getting a little action, getting a little taste. We don't we don't get a preseason, so that'll be our big reveal. But yeah, uh, there's always ways to make it happen, even after whether it's opening night or Week One. Uh, you can still roll with it.
1: You know, the biggest complainers in all the home leagues are usually finish in the basement anyway. It's right. just funny how it works out, you know? Oh,
2: yeah. The, the donators. We the like
1: donators. The Venmo me before you get here. You're right. not in the league type of guy.
2: <laughs> Karen, send me your money in advance.
1: Oh, we're dropping to Karen. Exactly. Uh, all right, beer. GPP food of the day. I couldn't think anything. You know, me and Will be keeping that tradition pretty strong. So I got one. I just got one for you draft day home league food and beverages what do you eat what are you drinking what's your favorite
2: I mean chicken wings is a go-to and, and while I'm talking chicken wings that's the food that came to my head if you're ever in Vegas get over Lagasse Stadium maybe the best chicken wings I've ever had I mean it, it's in the Palazzo a great venue to watch football you, you got to reserve a seat early but uh, the food alone is is awesome it's an Emerald Lagasse restaurant obviously so chicken wings are always a staple Uh, One of my home league drafts, uh, we don't have a lot of Chick-fil-A around me, and I know we've talked Chick-fil-A before, (laughs) but we do one down in the Toledo area. They got about 10 Chick-fil-A's within a mile radius of my buddy's house, so uh, we kind of do a a Chick-fil-A platter for that, but uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with with wings, nachos. I know pizza, a, a favorite as well, so uh queso something i like to make a little homemade queso dip
1: Ooh. i mean I'll,
2: I'll give me all the the bar foods here on, on draft day yeah the bar
1: the bar foods you chip in get a half barrel something like that right, with some absolutely. of your buddies and, and it's cold beer it doesn't matter what time what time it starts you know, draft day is the perfect excuse to have a cold one and some bad food before noon In in, oh, in, in my opinion for sure you named a lot of good food. I like the Buffalo chicken dip. You know, everybody kind of has their own recipe there. get the Buffalo chicken dip and some Tostitos and uh, you're on your way. Just make sure you pack a Tums with you. Yeah. Or a whole bottle. I hear you. (laughs) All right, B. Well, thanks for joining me. Anything else
2: before we get out of here? No guys. I appreciate you listening. As always, uh, like Justin said, any feedback for the show, let us know, you know, you want to, you want to hear more strategy talk. You want to hear more, Cash games, GPPs, whatever, with, with the games dwindling, we'll have more time to talk about that stuff. So, I uh, can do that in the comment section uh, right below uh, the, the the podcast here or always on Twitter. I, I love talking sports with you guys there. I know Justin feels the same. So, I uh, appreciate you listening. Good luck on the slate, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Chris Prince,
1: follow him on Twitter at BeermakerFans. Is that right? Beer Makers fan, yep, Nailed it. All right. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, so for Chris Prince, I am Justin Carlucci. Thanks for listening to the NBA Morning Grind.